Share Radio's commentary this week is called Inflation Drivers, and it starts with a quotation from Governor of the Bank of England Andrew Bailey's speech in Washington last week. We are walking a very tight line between tackling inflation and the output effect of the real income shock, and the risk that that could create a recession and push us too far down in terms of inflation. After decades of inaction on interest rates and experimentation with quantitative easing as a policy tool, central banks are facing real challenges to their interest rate strategy. The Bank of England's Governor Andrew Bailey took a bravely cautious line when speaking last week at the Peterson Institute for International Economics in Washington, as our quotation from his speech shows. And currency markets rewarded that caution last Friday with a significant markdown for the British pound. The range of major drivers which will steer inflation over the years ahead is wide and diverse, but their duration must be considered as well as their positive or negative impact on rates. For example, the drivers most affected by Putin's war in Ukraine are energy shortages and supply chain disruption, and the threat of deglobalization in future. These all contribute to higher inflation, but unless the war pushes into 2023, possible according to Boris, but unlikely, it is only a more cautionary approach leading towards deglobalization, which will persist. So in this commentary, we take a look at nine major influences on future rates of inflation and conclude that Andrew Bailey is probably correct in not overreacting to the current turmoil. We've set out a chart in the website version of this commentary showing those nine major influences within axes showing the significance of their impact and the long or short-term nature of their duration, and with cell shading to indicate their inflationary, red, or deflationary, blue or green, impact. These can also be interpreted within a more classical analysis of inflationary theory. There are two overriding major influences, both of whose duration is long-term and which are both profoundly deflationary. These are technology and the digital economy and demographics. The first has been the dominant feature, driving rates downwards for the past two decades, and it will continue to do so well into the future demonetizing demand and introducing huge scalability in supply. The second reflects the fact that ageing populations do not drive economic demand vigorously, as do young people. The other two drivers, with high degrees of influence, are energy shortages and the energy transition. The former may be intensively inflationary but it is a short-term feature. This is because cost inflation in fossil fuels 
will significantly accelerate transition to alternative energy, whose running costs will be much lower once the initial investment has been made. A very direct example of this is the Sahara Solar Project, X-Lynx, which Ambrose Evans Pritchard described graphically in his Telegraph business article last Friday. He described it as the ultra-cheap and renewable power poised to replace the OPEC-Russia system. It's also discussed in our programme The Bigger Picture this week. The threat of deglobalization as a reaction to the supply chain disruption caused by international tensions was a central theme of our recent commentary on trade imbalances. Both deglobalization and supply chain disruption result in higher prices, but the latter is likely to be resolved in relatively short order, as we're currently seeing with Brexit. Meanwhile, Competitive Western markets will help to keep production costs in check, and a degree of deglobalization is not therefore likely to result in major upwards price pressures in the long term. This leaves us with the political, fiscal, and monetary drivers, and the risk that wage transition in the labour market could prolong the impact of rising inflation. There is no doubt that politicians would like to inflate some of their massive public debt away, providing that it doesn't lead to excessive debt servicing costs as yields rise. The latter is less of a problem in the United Kingdom due to the high proportion of long-maturity index-linked bonds. Inflation itself is more of a threat. On balance, I would describe the duration of political influence as medium-term and relatively balanced in its impact. And no doubt that's why central bankers and finance ministers are taking a wait-and-see attitude. The challenge that higher inflation could persist as a result of wage transition in the labour market could push some of these short-term inflation pressures into the medium-term. It is only sacrifice in living standards which can hold that back, and unfortunately that particularly affects the most disadvantaged, who have little bargaining power to move wages and benefits. However, where leverage is available, such as in the recent 8.6% wage settlement within Airbus Industries, it will extend the footprint of inflation into the future. It's worth bearing in mind, however, that trades unions don't have anywhere near the bargaining power which they had 40 years ago. US CPI inflation was 7.9% in February, comprising energy 1.7%, food 1.1%, goods 2.5%, and services 2.6%. And that clearly wasn't yet reflecting the full impact of soaring oil and gas prices. However, if the transition to alternative energy is accelerated, and if the impact on wage inflation is restrained, Andrew Bailey's cautious optimism may be rewarded by what, in respect, may look like a temporary spike caused by Putin's war.